0: amen, and praise the Lord. It's good to see you, church. Today we're gonna to be in the book of Nehemiah, looking at chapter four, verses 15 to 20. So go ahead, open up your Bibles and get to Nehemiah chapter four, 15 to 20. I'm so excited, and I hope you are too. I'm so excited that next week we're starting our live services as a church. It's been three and a half months, so how can you not be excited? I thought that this text today in Nehemiah 4 was very appropriate for where we are at today. It's amazing how words that were written almost 1,500 years ago can be so applicable when it's the Holy Spirit leading men to write them, and how they can be applicable for us today as we start to come together again. It was put on Nehemiah's heart to rebuild the wall in his home city of Jerusalem. He was a cupbearer to a king in a faraway city, and he asked some people, hey, what's going on in Jerusalem, our hometown? And they explained to him that it was burned down, the gates were gone, the wall had been destroyed, it was an absolute ruin. And this struck his heart so deeply that he mourned and he mourned and he prayed and he prayed. And if you wanna see one of the most remarkable prayers in all of scripture, go to Nehemiah chapter one and read what he said. He went before the king and he was given favor by God. And the king sent him with provision and authority to go and rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Amazing. God led him there to rebuild it. He gathered the people who were eager to work. Eager to get back to where God would have them be. Eager to start the build. But even as they got started, there was opposition. This is so true, isn't it? Whenever we're doing something for God, there's going to be opposition against it. The world hates what we do. Our en- the enemy hates what we do. And whenever we're moving forward in the will of God, there will be opposition. And this is so true for Nehemiah as well. But what does this have to do with us today? See, they were building a wall. We don't have walls to build But what Jerusalem was to them, the church is to us in a way today. And we have lots of building to do, don't we? There's lots of work to be done. And I'm not talking about this building that I'm in right now. I'm talking about the church, the people. We need to grow the kingdom of God. That is our mission. This is why we are here. This is what believers are to do, is to build up the kingdom of God, the, the church, the ones who he is calling to his name. We are called to build up. Let's read our text to get, uh, together and pray. Nehemiah four fifteen to 20, it says this. When our enemies heard that it was known to us, and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spear shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. And the man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. And we are separated on the wall far from one another. In the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for your grace. We're so thankful for your love. Lord, we're so thankful that you put us on mission, God. That you've called us into your family, that you give us purpose. Lord, thank you that there is work to do, oh God, and that you've called us to this work and you've empowered us to do this work, oh God, and you strengthen us in that even when we're doing this work, Lord, you're the one who fights for us. God, I thank you, Lord, that as we regather as a church, Lord, something that is so dear to your heart and, and is something, God, that you have created us to do to come together and worship, Lord. We're so thankful and grateful. Lord, would you keep us safe? Would you protect us? Would you help us? We need you. Be with us now as we look at your word. Spirit, would you enlighten our eyes to understand your scriptures? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. In the 1860s, a famous Baptist preacher in London, England by the name of Charles Spurgeon, uh, you might have heard of him, started a magazine and it was called The Sword and the Trowel. And in this magazine, he would gather stories and his own encouragements of things that were going around in the world that were connected to their ministry there and he would put this in a magazine And then he would send this around all over the world to people who were supporting their ministry so that they could be encouraged and strengthened for the work that was ahead. He named that magazine after this passage in Nehemiah 4. Because it's such a picture of what the Christian life looks like today. This is the point. That just like Nehemiah and and his crew, we also are kingdom builders. We are to be kingdom builders. And right now, we need to come together and resume the work that God has called us to do. To resume the work and the mission that God has placed us on. We are building a city of believers, brick by brick, Through evangelism and encouragement, there's lots to do, and we are called to be a part of it. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And guess what? He builds his church through his church. He uses us to build his church. We are kingdom builders, and we must get to work. There is so much to do. Just like in Nehemiah's time today, right now, church, there is so much to do. There are so many lost souls that need to come home. So how does this kingdom building happen? What can we learn from Nehemiah and what can we learn through the Spirit of God as he helps us? When does kingdom building happen? How do we make sure that we are doing kingdom work? What needs to get done so that we can do the work that the Lord has given us? We have four points today. Let's look at verse 15 to start. Here's our first point. Kingdom building happens when each does their work. Each does their work. Look at verse 15. It says, When our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. We returned to the wall, each to his work. Nehemiah was an excellent organizer. He was an excellent uh, foreman. He knew exactly what needed to get done, how to position people, how to lead from the front and get the job done. It would be great if we could hire Nehemiah now to do the construction on the 404, wouldn't it? That'd be be wonderful. It seems like it's never getting done. I often joke to my wife that in Canada, we have two seasons, winter and construction, but still nothing gets done. But look at the text here. It says, we all return to the wall, each to his work. There was a moment where they had to stop what they were doing because they were living in fear of the attack. They had to stop because of the enemy, but Nehemiah had a plan. He set up half of the people as guards and half of the people to continue in the work. It might have gone a little bit slower, but the work was protected. Each person that was building on the wall came from a very different uh, background in their vocations. They all had very different jobs. If you read chapter three, it kind of lists all the people that were working on the wall and where they were working, and it's amazing what you see. You see people becoming um, masonries, uh, but before that, they were perfumers or goldsmiths. They were landowners, and they were lords, and they were rulers, but they all came together, and they put aside their other job because there was something more important to do. Build the kingdom, build the wall. There were some people, however, who did not help. In chapter 3, verse 5, it says that some of the nobles, they would not stoop to serve their Lord. They all came together to accomplish this project, to build the wall of Jerusalem, which is the symbol of God's protection for his people. The task may have seemed impossible, I used to be in construction, and if you had given me a bunch of people who had never done any work before and said, get this job done, I would have been like, are you kidding me? But God was with them. But God was with them. It may have seemed impossible, but the people, not being masons by trade, they felt maybe even so ill-equipped to do the job, they had enemies on all sides trying to kill them, but each of them went to their work. In chapter 4, verse 6, it says, the people had a mind to work. Every person was needed. Individually, all of us are ministers of the gospel. We are made all with different gifts and abilities to serve the church, to serve one another, to bless the body. In Nehemiah's day, everyone had individual skills, but when it came to kingdom building, they all did the same job. This is so true for us as well. Different abilities, different vocations, different hobbies, but all called to spread the same message, the message of the gospel, to love our neighbor, to see people turn their lives to Jesus Christ, to build the same city. We are builders now, each of us. We are builders called to build the city which this story here in Nehemiah is actually reflecting or referring to one day. And we are in that right now. I think we know our calling, but here's our temptation in this moment. Here's our temptation when we have been scattered and we got to get back to work and we got to come back together. Here's our temptation is that, one, we say, like the nobles in chapter 3, that I won't stoop to do this work. Maybe in pride we miss out on the blessing of what it is to do kingdom work, or On the other side of the same coin, we say something like, I'm incapable of being helpful to do this work. Maybe a lot of us feel that way. You must search your heart. Where does your passion lie? If you are not wanting to build as the Lord has commanded, why is that? Is it because of pride or is it because of fear? Don't be ruled by feelings or assumptions or fleeting thoughts. Know the truth and allow it to move you to kingdom building. Let me speak to the one that might be here struggling with pride in this. And Maybe you won't even admit it right now because that's usually what the prideful heart does, but we've all struggled with this at different times. We we rationalize in different ways. We have this feeling um, that says my other work that I do is more important. There is an assumption that others will do the brick laying in the kingdom instead. And maybe there's a thought of self-importance. Let me say to you this very, very sweet truth. There is no greater feeling than what comes from building the kingdom of God. There's no greater assumption than to know that the Lord will help you in it. And there is not a better thought than knowing that the Lord is of greatest importance and that we are under his command. How about the one who is fearful or feels they cannot be used by God, maybe during this time right now? Do you have a feeling that your work will be insufficient? Do you assume that someone else can do a better job? And is there a thought that you are not worthy of the work at hand? Let me tell you this sweet, sweet truth. There is no greater feeling than knowing that we are insufficient for the work and that God is sufficient. There is no greater assumption than that we are all members of the body with an important function. And there is no greater thought than knowing that we are only worthy for the work because we stand justified in the blood of Christ. Each of us are called to do their work. All of us are needed with our gifts and our abilities to be used by god to build his kingdom praise the lord and we'll do this brick by brick in his strength watch as the lord does more than we even thought possible watch as the lord multiplies our work we may come to the lord with only two fish and five loaves but watch him take that and serve thousands We may think we can only lay a few bricks but watch as the lord builds a city fit for the king of kings he will call more and more to his name tell me church is there a greater thing to do than to build up the kingdom of god this is yours in christ god has called you he has equipped you he will strengthen you are you excited And do you want to be used there's great work to be done and as we come together each to his work we will see the lord do wonderful things let's continue in our text verse 16 to 18. kingdom work will happen when everyone is prepared That's our second point when everyone is prepared look again at the text with me verse 16 it says from that day on half of my servants worked on construction and half held the spears shields bows and coats of uh, mail and the leader stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on, his, on the work with one hand um, and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. The workers could not just do the work. It wasn't quite that easy. They also had to protect their work. They needed to hold to both the trowel in one hand. A trowel is something you use to, to put a mortar in between bricks. They needed the trowel in one hand and then a sword in the other. The sword here to protect and the trowel to work. They were not just builders, they were warriors. They were able to, able to build, but they also needed to defend. And is this not so true for us today? Of course, we do not do our kingdom building with trowels and swords, but instead we build relationships and our weapon is the word of God. Every builder needs a sword and the trowel in the kingdom of God. Every single builder. We need the word of God to know the word of God so that our work is in line with the will of God. So that we can move through this world with confidence in the the word that we can know how to defend the truth of the gospel with integrity and wisdom. We must be hearers of the word. We are doers of the word, but we must also be hearers of the word. We must know what it says. The word of God in one hand will be able to defend the work we do, but in the other hand, we must have the trowel. We must have the trowel. Holding the sword of the spirit compels us to also have the trowel of evangelism. We must share this news and build the kingdom, but we must be prepared. We must know what we are doing and why we are doing it. Each of the workers for Nehemiah were prepared. They were ready to to defend their work. The work is too important to not know why you are doing it. The work is too important to not be prepared for it. Do you love the word of God? Do you love the Word of God? Do you know the Word of God? It will transform you. Read it. Know it. Memorize it. Think about it. Talk about it with your family. Recount the work of God and let the Word of God always be on your lips. Encourage one another with the Word of God and never move forward before considering the wisdom found in the Bible. Allow your life to be lined up with God's Word. I think too many Christians make decisions for their lives not based on the word that should be in their hand. Whether it's a decision on who you marry or what job you take or who your friends are, what you do with your money or what you do with your time, I tell you, the believer that is not firm in the word of God will be tossed to and fro and will be filled with fear and anxiety. When you're in this kind of place, it is really difficult to work hard for the Lord in kingdom-building Knowing the word will lead to a greater faith in God, which will lead to prayer that is rich in belief of God's ability, which will then lead you in prayer and faith to ask for wisdom. And when you have done that, you will be given the ability and doors will be opened for you for the great work that the Lord has prepared for you to do. But it all starts with knowing the word of God knowing who he is praying for that wisdom praying for that opportunity allowing doors to be opened and given the strength to accomplish the work that god has given you do you have the sword and do you have the trowel in your hands are you prepared are you ready oh how this world and how satan would love to see this church closed down and not survive this pandemic How our enemies would love to see the building that we're in right now become a place for a condo and a shopping mall. But what they don't understand is that the word of God cannot be bound. The mission of God is only strengthened through trial. When the saints of God are prepared. And what a time, O church, to be prepared to know the word of God, to have it on your mind and to be strengthened in your work. Will you be prepared? Be a ready and willing soldier for the gospel. Have your sword sharpened so that you don't fall into the snare of the enemy who would love to keep you in fear and complacency. Christian, Be bold, be bold, be prepared for the work the Lord has died so that you can be a part of. Be prepared, be prepared as they were in Nehemiah's time and watch the kingdom be built. Third, we see this, the kingdom will be built, kingdom building will happen when we rally together. When we rally together look at verses 19 and the first part of 20. it says and i said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people the work is great and widely spread wow and we are separated on the wall far from one another in the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us there rally to us there when we rally together so much of the christian life and in fact A large part of the very purpose of the church is that we would rally together. That's what we're here for. That we would be strengthened as we come together. See, there is so much work to do. And listen, I know this. I know the work hasn't stopped just because the world has been shut down for three and a half months. In fact, I think right now we can relate to Nehemiah's words. The work is great and widely spread and we are separated on on the wall far from one another probably more than ever before. I know that this time has been hard for many. The work has been great. You've been doing kingdom building at home, haven't you? I know you have. My mind first goes to the moms, as I think of my own wife and so many other moms in the last three and a half months who have become full-time teachers on top of the hundred million things they already do. God bless you. God bless you. With schools closed, not being able to get out of the house, listen, I understand. I understand that the work has been hard and we've been widely spread. I think of so many people in this church that by the grace of God have kept their job in this time, but so many other people in their company have been laid off and all that has mean is that in the last three months they've been expected to do three times the amount of work The work is hard, and we're spread out. We're, not, we're far from one another. Not only these things, but so many other things that are going on, even in the life of our church, and in your life, we have done our best to stay in contact with one another through our small groups and online church, and I think we've done surprisingly well given the circumstances. But it will never replace being together. It won't. It can't. It can't. King David knew this well. King David knew this well. In Psalm 122, he writes this. He says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. See, he didn't say here, I will go to the house of the Lord. He didn't say, I will be by myself in the house of the Lord. No, he said, let us go. It says in the psalm, let us go. The salvation we have, this is so important, the salvation we have in Jesus Christ is individual. You have believed and you need to believe for your salvation. You trust in Jesus Christ alone and he will remove your sin and he will place on you his righteousness. Personally, that's you. But our salvation isn't only individual. He calls the individual to be a part of the corporate. He calls the individual to be a part of the many, the church, his bride. We must come together and worship. David says in Psalm 122, uh, verses three and four, he says, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. We are individual bricks in this great city, bound together. We're being built together, joined together in Christ. He is our cornerstone. We must rally together. We must. We must worship together. Listen to this true worship loves company. True worship loves company. Just as J- D- David was glad when they said, Let us go to the house of the Lord. True worship loves company. Nehemiah sees the spreading out of the people and knows that being spread thin invites attack. It invites attack from our enemy. He knows that individually we are not as strong as we are when we're together. There is strength in numbers. There is encouragement and edification as we meet together. This is what Peter is saying in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 4. He says this, As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Do you believe do you believe then you are being built up into this spiritual house as jesus christ as our cornerstone we must come together to worship it's so important to hear the rally call and come together our souls need it our hearts should long for it And our god has designed us to worship together Listen, I understand that it's going to take some of us longer to come together than others. And that's okay. We need to walk in wisdom in these things. We need to walk in wisdom. And although the Lord has designed us this way and he's called us together, we need to walk in wisdom as well. But while we wait, while we wait to come back together, I hope that you're going to sign up next week to come to church. But as we, if you can't, as you wait and you, Need to wait, maybe, to come back. There's two things that you can do. Two very important things that you can be doing right now. Here they are. First, desire, desire to come back and pray. Desire to be together. Desire it. Like David. Be glad that we are saying the phrase we're regathering. Be glad. Be glad that even if you can't be a part of it right now, that some of the church of Jesus Christ are coming together for corporate worship, that it is happening here. Desire to be a part of it and be glad that it's happening. Let the Lord see your heart and the longing you have to be with the people of God. Secondly, pray. Pray for protection. In Psalm 122, David also writes, he says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. The Lord is bigger than any virus. The Lord is bigger than any sickness. Our Lord has complete control and sovereignty over it all. We can, pay, we can pray for protection while walking in wisdom. His word is not bound by circumstance, tragedy, or complex situation. He has created you for worship. Hear the call and rally to us there. Leading us to our last point. Kingdom building happens when God fights for us. Kingdom building happens when God fights for us. Look at the last six words of verse 20. He rallies everyone together. He understands the circumstance. He prepares them all. They're all doing their work. They're strapped with their swords. They're strapped with their weapons. They're, They're doing the work that needs to get done. They're fighting the battles that they are called to fight. But what does he say at the end of verse 20? He says, our God will fight for us. Nehemiah is very aware of two very important truths. We must be aware of these truths as well. Here they are. The first one is this. We have responsibility to act. We have responsibility to build. We have a responsibility to do the work that is in front of us. And the second thing that Nehemiah was so clearly aware of is that God is in control that God wins the battle. He knew that his people needed to get their hands dirty and build the wall. They needed to be organized and well-equipped. They needed to be watchful and careful over the work they were doing so it was structurally sound. They had to do all that. They they lined up their plumb lines. They lined up their strings. They had their trowel. They had their sword. People were working. Everything was getting done, but at the end of the day, he also knew this, that it's God who fights for them. These truths are the wisdom of God, and they actually amplify the beauty of the gospel. That God, who is completely able, not needing anyone, uses his church to accomplish his mission and glorify his name. Wow. Wow. God, who is over all things, chooses to accomplish his will through his people. That's you. That's us. It's amazing. This is how he builds his city. We must know that both of these things are true. That God is in control, but that we also have responsibility. That we also must act. If we know that God is in control... And we take that to mean that we don't need to do anything. I've heard, I've heard people say this. right? Well, if God knows what's going to happen, then I don't need to do anything. God knows if that person's going to get saved, therefore I don't need to do any work. He's going to save them. It's a silly way to look at the Bible. God uses you to accomplish the will that he has for that person. We will be hearers of the word and doers of the word. Knowing God is in control actually compels us to act. It compels us to act. It is God's sovereign plan to use his saints to accomplish his will. If we know that we must act, and this is the other side of that coin, if we know we must act but we don't really think God is in control, then we're spinning our wheels, aren't we? And we're spinning our wheels. We're not actually getting anything done. Our own effort and our own strength is doomed for failure. Nothing can be accomplished without the power of God. See, we don't think about this in in any other way in life, right? Or maybe you do, and there's some trouble. But you don't get into your car and go, I'm going to go 120 down the highway and not put my seatbelt on because, hey, God's in control. God's in control. He he knows if I'm going to live or if I'm going to die. If he wants to take me home, why should I put my seatbelt on? That would be silly. He's given you a brain to know that you should put your seatbelt on, right? To act wisely, to do what you were supposed to do. Given that, you might as well just close your eyes and take your hands off the wheel and sing that song, right? Jesus, take the wheel. It's silly. It's silly, God, yes, is in control, but we have a responsibility to act wisely. We have a responsibility to call on him for wisdom and act it out, to do the kingdom-building work, to lay a brick and lay another. Nehemiah didn't sit back and ignore the threats. He didn't just say, it is in God's hands. He also prepared he also worked. He also rallied the people. These two truths must go hand in hand. We know that God's in control, but we also must act in his strength. We cannot sit by idly and not work. God has created you to work. This is how he accomplishes his mission. Church, we must gather We must gather to worship, to evangelize the lost, and do the hard work of studying the scriptures, being prepared for the work that God has for us. He will fight for us, and we must be prepared. He will fight for us, and that's a good thing, isn't it, church? It's a good thing that our God will be fighting for us, because without him, we don't stand a chance. God is with us. And oh, the power and the victory that is found in Jesus Christ. The blood that has saved us now fights for us. The salvation we have was not just an entry point into his grace, but it was the path that will undoubtedly lead to his eternal presence while keeping us perfectly in love and never letting go of us. The Lord will fight for us. There's much work to do, church. There's so much work to do. Rally here. Rally here. Do the work that God has called you to do. Have your sword sharpened. Be prepared and have your trowel in hand. God will use you. Do you believe that? Are you ready to be kingdom builders for what he has ahead? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your grace. Lord, your goodness to us, God. Lord, that you would count us as sons and daughters, Lord, that you would put us on mission, that you would allow us to be a part of building your kingdom, God, that we can, Lord, on the foundation of Jesus Christ, be built up to a, in a spiritual house, Lord, and, and offer sacrifices to you, Lord, spiritual sacrifices that are pleasing to you, God. What a blessing and an honor. What a privilege, Lord, that we have. Lord, help us, God, not act in fear of this world, Lord, but in the fear of the Lord, God, help us act in a way that is honoring to you, O Lord. Fill us with wisdom and open doors that we may share the gospel and build your kingdom. God, we love you. We need you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.